We're back for another exciting episode of The Spicy Life. I am your host, Spicy Mari, and joined with me today in the G-Spot is the beautiful and lovely Asia Franks. She's joining me on this fabulous episode called Rediscovering Your Passion. You know how sometimes we kind of lose our way, our path? Well, this is going to help you figure out how to find it. Asia Franks is an entrepreneur stylist with over a decade of experience in the fashion industry. As the founder of Style Room LA and Beauty Room LA, a Los Angeles-based styling and beauty firm that provides personalized fashion, styling, and beauty services. Asia's key to success is her positivity and passion for producing excellence for her clients. Her ability to create magic through fashion and beauty promotes a unique experience which allowed her to work with many high-profile clients, most notably assisting GQ magazine and styling Paulina Rubio's cover, which received the coveted Woman of the Year Award. In addition, Asia collaborates with Good Morning America, Saturday Night Live, and Sex in the City wardrobe departments, and uh, now E, because she's been styling me for E Daily Pop. Okay, thank you. She also, <laughs> working with Asia to create a signature look is an efficient, streamlined experience. Every client receives a consultation with hand-picked curated items that define their individuality. What better way to live the spicy lifestyle than to have your life styled? Style Room LA is where your passion meets fashion. Ooh, the crowd goes wild for Asia. What an intro. <laughs> Doesn't it sound amazing to like hear your bio? Yeah. It's kind of it like, oh, dang. I like rock with me the long way. Right. Yeah. Right. You, you, you are most of the people who come in here. The bios are amazing. You guys are always accomplished experts at what you do. I only bring in experts. But one of the reasons why I felt like it was imperative to have her in is because her particular craft, right, has been an amazing resource to the spicy life. She's not just one of my uh, colleagues in the consulting world, but she also is one of like my closest, dearest, like best friends from childhood. And so I've got to see her, her career blossom and her, you know, flourish into this amazing mother, amazing wife and entrepreneur. And out of my crew, she was the one of the first to do it. The first, you know, one of the first to get married and actually have this entrepreneurial mindset, right? And so she went about it through a non-traditional way. And one thing that I discovered while in her friendship is seeing like, oh my God, I see what you're passionate about. And I see why you're walking sometimes away from it. What I want to do is figure out how you rediscovered it. And so I always you know, start with my guests with making them come on the show and tell me, when did you first fall in love with yourself? Hmm. Gosh, you know what? That's a really good question. Um, fall, fell in love with myself. I would probably say truly in love with myself. Truly, madly in love madly with yourself. Madly in love with myself. Like I'm the most amazing person ever. Yep. <laughs> probably five years ago. Damn, I knew it before she did. I was in love. I was in love with her before <laughs> she was in love with herself. That's crazy how it comes sometimes later on for yeah. us in you know our womanhood. So five years ago. How did you, what, okay, so this is, so this is, here's a key pointer. You got married young. I did. That means you fell in love with somebody before you even truly madly fell in love with yourself. Reach, yes. That is crazy, you guys, the way that that happens, but we're not taught to love on ourselves. We're not taught about mm -hmm. self-love. Our parents aren't preaching that to us. Yep. So we go out and look for it in someone else. And yeah. it has, I've, I've got to see your marriage and we'll you know, dive into it in a little bit because I also consider him like my brother-in-law. But uh, I have to ask you, how did you discover your life's passion? Life's passion, I think, is something I encountered as a young child. Um, I see this even in my youngest daughter. I was the kid that was changing 10 times a day, pretending I was making stuff, cutting stuff, sewing stuff together. Um, so I was just that kid that just kind of knew I had this innate ability to know what looked good on people. Uh -huh. um, and I, I think it started as a young kid. It took me a while to grow into that confidence and knowing that, hey, this is a God gift. Like this is something, this is a talent that God gave me. Um, and that's why I said it took me, I would say five years ago, just to fully accept like, hey, I'm going to stand in this light. I'm going to be who I am. Uh, this may sound weird to people. It's just not necessarily the most prestigious title, but this is my talent and I'm going to lean into it. And because you love it. I do. I genuinely love it. I, I, I see how it transforms people's life. And that, that sounds corny, right? To be like, how does fashion transform your life? Oh, but it does. But it does. <laughs> it does. Like when you know that you look good, it you feel 
you feel good. You feel better. You project that to the world. And I feel like we need people walking around that are happy about how they feel. They'll be nicer. (laughs) (laughs) For you non-believers out there, right? Because I sometimes sometimes get clients that are hesitant to uh, get the image consultation. Asia comes in uh, to the firm and she will help me bring their vision and their relationship goals to life by giving them what she calls a style recalibration. And so she takes a little bit of like what they're comfortable with, but then pushes her them a little bit further out of their zone with what compliments and what's most flattering on them. And it helps me from a marketing standpoint because now I can sell them a little bit better. So one of the things that I've had to do in my rationale for why sometimes people need this makeover, right? This physical makeover, because when you come to the spicy life, it's a lot of internal work, but external is important. So I've done research and studies and studies show that there is a correlation between your appearance and your behavior. So it makes sense that snagging a mate is one part physical attraction and one part attitude, right? So we tag team this together. A confident attitude will support you in your ability to persuade, your willingness to take chances, and your ability to stand out, develop high self-esteem, and ultimately persevere in the face of rejection. So remember, okay, <laughs> you're celebrating your looks, but yes, that is a part of maybe your healing process, whatever you know you may be going through. Looking good is actually an act of self-love because if someone's presentation is falling short, I can also tell when someone's a little too comfortable. I can tell when someone is doing some self-sabotage by how yeah. they're appearing. I can tell when someone is uh, lazy. I can, you, and, and we judge each other. You know, I've done an episode called, um, uh, Don't, you know, why we judge a book by its cover. And so when I tell you her resources or like her services for the spicy life are just <laughs> remarkable. They're just, they're incredible. Um, and to see my clients go from, I'm gonna call them like maybe like turn from like a six to a ten. Like it is like a it is like this huge transformation. No. Yeah, she's a miracle worker. I'm like, dang, now that that I can sell. Okay. <laughs> so um, before we get into like the deep juicy questions, I want to do a little spicy dish with you. Okay. These are like the hot tops All that right. are going on in the relationship world right now. And Brody Jenner, who uh, is you know Caitlyn Jenner's son. Uh, he oh, was out with it. Yeah. Okay. He was out with his girlfriend. Um, I think I say her name, Josie Conseco, um, at his 36th birthday party. And they were matching in all black. They were wearing both black outfits, right? Okay. Is matching with your partner, I'm going to say, is it, is it a win or a loss? Is it cash or is it trash? Like, can couples match? You know what? I'm, I'm somewhere in between on that. I feel like for the right, if it's a bomb couple, mm-hmm. why not? Right? I would never, I would love to see J-Lo and A-Rod match, right? <laughs> they, they pull something out. <laughs> Obviously, if it's done with a stylish twist. But, you know, if it's, if it's not, you know, the, like someone that's like you consider goals, I don't know if I'd want to, you know, I don't know if that would be considered something that's cool or not. So I really think it depends on the person. Well, when you see couples out and you're like, oh my God, he has the same matching outfit on it's as corny. her. Oh, it's corny. But I would say more <laughs> that's times what my than husband not, says. it's corny. Like, I don't really want my dude. Dang, I like when he matches me. Or at least like we're in the same color. Okay, same colors. That's different. Like you want him to compliment you, yeah. but not necessarily match you. So give me a, an example of like colors versus matching you're saying like same cloth same texture same, same cut hue. so let's say for example if you have on nude camel color like somewhere in that that color family mm-hmm. and then your guy decides to wear an earth tone that works because you guys are complimenting each other versus we don't want you wearing the same size jeans <laughs> <laughs> oh you're your saying like on, match just, match <laughs> yeah like match match like no but i think in their case since it was black um, I don't know. I, I haven't seen the picture. Were they like in the same print? No, it was just or? like, it was just black from head to toe. Oh, I mean, I'm not mad at that. Do you and your husband ever do that? No, <laughs> I'm adamantly against that. Because I feel like you guys are always, always step out so stylish. I'm like, I'm going to, as soon as I, as soon as I can, I'm going to have uh, you I'm just redo for, me in Shade's closets. I'm all for the couples complimenting each other. That's cute. Dang, I like when him and I match. He says it's corny too, but I'm like, no, I want you to... Look just like me now. <laughs> okay, second part of the spicy dish. Jennifer Lopez says Alex Rodriguez strip club um, inside actually made it into Hustlers. And um, you guys know like Hustlers is coming out pretty soon. I'm dying to see it. Asia and I are going to go. We got to support my girl J-Lo, Cardi B, all of the above. Kiki, uh, happy birthday today. It's your birthday. 
Um, Kiki Palmer, you guys, it's her birthday today. But also uh, he gave insight when she was telling him that he's going to do this that she's going to do this stripper movie. He was like, oh, I have a lot of experience, you know, having been, you know, athlete in the strip club. <laughs> I'm sure he does. He's like, there's a certain entrance that you got to like make sure that you throw into the film when you first come in and like the greeting portion. And it was actually like his insight and input was actually put into the film. But the reason why I thought this was cute was because I just went to the strip club this weekend with what? What? Uh, my husband <laughs> um, after a funeral, RIP, um, to the pops, but after a funeral that we had gone to, and uh, you know, we all have our way of mourning. Um, but <laughs> but we went we went in, in a celebratory way, and I was observing like my husband's behavior, watching you know his how he was in the strip club. He was yes, we were you know throwing money at people. Was he comfortable? He like, was comfortable. Okay. Like and especially when the Jamaican girl came on, like he's that's you know he spent the most money on her, how to support his people, but. What do you think that husbands should be allowed to go to the strip club? Because I actually did see a lot of couples in the strip club together, even they're on date night. I 100% think, I think it's actually healthy for the relationship. Um, I know that may be controversial, mm -hmm. but I think that it's healthy. I mean, why not? It's strip clubs I for us is a, it's more than just going to look at a woman naked on stage. I think that it's an experience. It's lively. It's a fun environment. Right. Um, so I'm always down to go to a good strip club. And what's the difference between seeing the movie Hustler or letting him take you to the movie to see Hustlers, but then not letting him go with and you or, yeah, and experiencing yeah. like a real life, like, come on now. So yeah, I'm hundred percent comfortable with it too. I also think that it adds a certain element of what we call spice in the relationship. Yes. And exactly. so it takes you out of the mundane, like every, mm -hmm. you know, day activities. And it does like tantalize and, you know, get you a little horny. Like, <laughs> yeah, it gets the juices flowing, <laughs> brings spice back into the relationship. So yes, add that to your to-do list for date night, guys. Spicy dip right there. Uh, last but not least, 42 year old actor um, took to Instagram on, oh, this is about Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds um, was celebrating his wife, Blake Lively's birthday. And so he decided that he was going to post a gang of like behind the scenes photos that have never been published of her, like looking a little crazy, Damn but Blake Lively's like gorgeous. So crazy yeah. for like Blake, Blake Lively. Um, but it was, you know, him trying to, you know, get some laughs out, which he does. Brian Reynolds is like a little prankster. Shout out to Pokemon. Uh, I just saw the movie and he was so cute in it. Um, he was a little Pikachu, but, uh, <laughs> can your man post pictures of you without your permission? You know, do you okay. trust him? So I'm really private. Um, I would be a little saucy about that. I'm gonna be honest, but I could see you if Shape are your guy mm -hmm. and posted pictures of you. I could, you would think it was funny. You'd probably laugh it off. Yeah, I would. If I'm like, so I would, but I'm not gonna lie. When he posts, I definitely make sure like I it's see up to it your first. Right? You're like, let me just make sure I look cute. Like my hair is done. My yes, because right. publicly, I'm like, damn, this is gonna live forever in the right. universe. But like there are times where I like I do post myself looking crazy. I was eating roll tacos yesterday uh, with Ooh, extra carne asada on top. It was amazing. I was in San Diego and. Uh, you no know, makeup, no, you know, hair not done. And I posted it like, oh, well, but as long as this, you know what? Actually, I wouldn't care. I would still be okay with it because I know it's coming from like a fun, loving, like place. But there's a lot of people who would go nuts. Oh, I've had my dude like delete pictures, like take that down. Oh, really? Yes. So I don't know. I, I just feel like I have to like make sure that the image that's being put out to the world is up to my standard. Right. So I feel like if it's not what I want, I'm going to be like, take it down, delete it. I feel that because yeah. she's a stylist. So <laughs> visuals is everything for her. Visuals are everything. <laughs> yeah. I'm really picky on that. Okay. So we have to jump in to our topic at hand, which is rediscovering your passion. Now, what are some of the challenges that you came across that through your life's passion or schedule off balance. Oh gosh, that's a, a really, the, the first one is gonna be family. Um, I've been married for a very long time. I'm proud to say 15 years. Whoop, whoop. And you don't see that very often with us millennials, you guys, like having gotten married so young and still staying together after this long. Like it usually it's like our parents had been together for 15 years. Right, it's a complete, I know we're an anomaly. It just doesn't exist. And trust me, it's been a very eventful ride. Um, but just more than anything, it's family. And then I have two two daughters and um, I, I have a lot of responsibility. So I think that always kind of tugged at me uh, and balancing entrepreneurship and pursuing my dreams and also to making sure that I can um, provide the right resources for my family. So I remember when you were in New York and you were thriving and you're styling and then you fell in love. 
I did. Love got me. And you got hit by Cupid's arrow. And that's when I saw the shift. Wow. I saw you almost feeling like you had to choose between your passion uh-huh. and the relationship and child rearing. And it felt like, and this is, you know, from, from having like lived with her too, cause we have you know, grown up together. Um, that it was like, I got to buckle down. I have to Get create serious. stability. Right. I have to create security and my child needs this. So I can't be, you know, as exploratory or, um, as creative with how I bring in revenue. <laughs> but you know what though, looking back, that was me getting in, in the way of myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was a paradigm shift that I told myself that I needed to make. Yeah. But in reality, I could have continued on doing my life's passion. And I think I would have got the same results. Why do you think you got derailed though? Do you feel like it was society that told you you had to change your path? Society, family, my own personal just ideals in my mind of what I thought success was. Mm -hmm. And if it didn't fit into that envelope, I was just like, gosh, how is this going to look? How are people going to interpret this? Um, And fear. Ultimately, I think I was just trapped in fear. And that is something that I am so, I put so much work on just not being fearful. And when I feel that feeling to immediately address it and know that, hey, you're going to always be fearful, mm-hmm. but you can't give in to the fear. Yeah. Cause fear is going to come up. Like no matter always. what it is, I'm like, yeah, is always. it like your daughter is starting school tomorrow? I'm like, <laughs> oh my gosh, you're sending her off her first day of school. Like you can't help but to feel like some type of anxiousness, you know, on, especially when you have little creatures that you love. Like I can only, I can't even imagine. I'm gonna go crazy if I have a kid. <laughs> I'll be like, I'm gonna put the little chip inside of them. Like, no, <laughs> I already have a tracker on my husband, so I'm like, might as oh well my. put one on my kid. <laughs> but I do get notifications from my, from my to my Apple Watch of where he is. Um, <laughs> but I think what you're what you're expressing is something that a lot of us experience. Yeah. Um, I've recently done a lot of interviews speaking about passion and I thought it was so important because and to, to have you coming in because you are truly a testimony to someone who I have known what you're passionate about seen you flourish in your passion leave that passion be in denial of that being your life's purpose and passion to give people this transformative experience even hear you doubt yourself uh, when we were younger on like, well, I don't know, could I really create this into a business? Like, who, you know, is this going to keep? And then having come back to it, like refinding yourself, coming back to it and now thriving and seeing how happy you are, how happy you and your family are. It's like amazing. You know, when you have lifelong oh, friendships, you get to go through the roller coaster rides with them. You get to see the evolution. The downs, right? Yeah. The transformation. So I want to know how did giving up or how did you find that giving up your personal passion affected your romantic passion in your marriage. Oh my gosh. I tell you right now, don't do it. Don't give up on your dream. Don't ever give up on your dreams. It's, it is so true. Like, you know, when you hear really successful people say like, there's no difference between you and I, mm-hmm. like if I did it, you can do it. And I remember I used to hear like, this is take Oprah and say, gosh, you know, how did Oprah become Oprah? But it's true. Oprah just stuck with her dreams. She just didn't give she, up. She just didn't give up. Like she was, she persevered through all things. So um, I'm sorry. I just, Oh kinda, no. How did it, how did it derail your romantic passion and your relationship when you gave up on your oh, like passion, I, I passion? It, it's all tied into your self-esteem. So I think that it was a vicious circle for me when I wasn't pursuing what I knew I was supposed to be doing. I was really hard on myself. Mm-hmm. I became insecure, very fearful, and then just so afraid of rejection. So I, I mean, for it was, it was huge for me. Mm-hmm. I am so more confident walking in what I'm supposed to be. And, then, um, and I think that ulti- ultimately affects your relationship because you view yourself not in a good light. So right? you not viewing yourself in a good light, what were some of the hardships that manifested itself in your marriage? Oh, insecurity. I was super insecure. Um, I think too, it made me just stick with what I knew. Like I didn't want to necessarily step out and meet new people. Mm-hmm. Um, it made me angry and irritable, which I'm sure all the ladies can relate to that. So <laughs> my dude has definitely gotten probably seven versions of Asia. <laughs> but um, it, it, I was, I'm a naturally a really hard on myself. So I think that me being upset with myself and not knowing 
um, knowing that I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do ultimately affected every relationship in my in my life. Ooh, not just every relationship. My marriage, like wow. friendships, um, business relationships, family relationships, and so forth. Like it is so important for me to be my best version of myself. Mm-hmm. And um, me not doing that, it it I think it it kind of stifled me in a lot of areas. Was there more? What was his reaction to that? Was there like? more bickering, more fighting. What was your sex life like? I want you to give me the juice juice. juice. Yes, Um, you got to give me that juice. I think it definitely affects all of that. I mean, you know, as a relationship expert, Mm -hmm. when you're not feeling good about yourself, it's going to show. Like you were just saying earlier, you can tell based on someone's appearance how they're feeling. If they're lazy, if they are you know, depressed, if they just got out of a breakup, you can always tell that people are wearing that on their shoulder. And I think that was very evident of me. Um, insecurity is definitely going to affect sex. Mm, so you were getting less naked, <laughs> doing the rodeo a little less. Right. Um, which is not good because we know that good sex is very key to a relationship. Yeah. And so. especially like for a man, he needs, he wants, you know, he, every man has their own expression of intimacy, but when it comes to any relationship, there has to be some level of consistent affection or, you know, intimacy involved. And so when you're holding out on your man or you're not thriving at your best, you're less likely to be passionate to hop into the sack because you don't feel like dealing with anybody, like dealing with the world, let let alone dealing with him. And there is this, you know, level of your partner taking on the baggage that you're bringing to the table in addition to, you know, how you feel about yourself. You're taking that on him and it's almost like a transference of emotion and he takes that on as well. Oh, agreed. And if your self-esteem is low, it starts to make him question his. His self and also to his ultimate dreams and destiny. Like, I mean, True. think about it. I was in such limbo with like, hey, what is it I'm supposed to be doing? Which also too, I realized now looking back, I didn't, I'm a, a really in tune, like spiritual person. Yeah. I didn't want to necessarily feel. Like I didn't want to like even encounter those emotions because I would be so disappointed. Like, oh gosh, Asia, you did it again. You didn't necessarily step out there and do what you were supposed to do. And why are you, why do you keep on letting yourself down? And ultimately, if you're letting yourself down, you're letting your family down. Mm. So, um, and then you're ultimately, I'm letting my partner down. Yeah. So I'm just happy now that I've gone through this beautiful transformation. Um, Life is amazing in the sense that it brings on all these new seasons. Um, What were some of the tools that brought you back? Like, you, yes, you went through this amazing transformation, but what were the resources? What do you feel like you had to do to rediscover passion again and excitement for something that you are gifted with? I think a number of things. One, your social circle, who you surround yourself with. Ooh, that's a good one. Um, And I've been blessed to have amazing friends that have just been super encouraging, intelligent, spicy as been. AKA in that ass. (laughs) (laughs) He's been a very, very positive influence in my life in the sense of Asia, just believing in my talents. And I would say you were probably one of the, the few that said, Asia, I believe in you, so you need to believe in you. Yes. Um, and you were always in my ear and pushing me to, to do better and to, to just pull out my best. So I would definitely say your social circle. And secondly, like, you got to look inward. I There's an abundance of information on the internet podcast, <laughs> right? I, Ooh, I feel like you put me on a lot of podcasts. Yeah, really good podcasts. Um, I have a great mentor. Um, I definitely spent time on self-reflection and just self-development. I read a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, And I allowed myself to feel, um, feel those emotions and not dodge them so that I could process them and move past them. Mm. So you gave in to your truth of what you were experiencing as opposed to being in denial. And once you were able to accept them, you were able to now regulate and start behaving in a way that would change your circumstance. Agreed. And also, too, I was very clear with my intent of what I was putting out into the universe. Um, and it's something it's like once you do what you can do, like God will do the rest. That's kind of like my motto. <laughs> so it's like do I started, your best and God will do the rest. Right. I started to do what I could do. And I just felt like the universe just aligned stuff for me to um, take me that inch me that much further, that much further until before I know it, it just started to all just come together. And it's still coming together. Like I'm there's still so much for me to accomplish so much for me to do. Um, but I'm grateful. I have so much gratitude of just like the little steps that I'm making. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you look up, you're like, wow, okay, I've already accomplished this much. I've, I have definitely been privy to a lot of the resources and tools that you've used because you read a book, you recommend it to me, you recommend it to your husband, you hear a podcast, you send it to me. I mean, I think that in addition to 
let me give you guys a spicy tip right here that we cannot leave out. We created a mastermind group. And yes. I think that that is an amazing resource that um, I think it was Charlene, Shailene, Shailene that uh, Johnson. Johnson. Yeah. yeah that we Johnson. were, you know, we were sharing <laughs> podcasts and, you know, me and, you know, my um, entrepreneur friends Shailene. that all were interested in starting their own businesses. We came together and we had like a team meeting of, okay, we're going to hold each other accountable. You say that you want to be, uh, ha you know, that you have this goal by this date. I'm going to check in on you. I'm going to hold you to that. I'm going to hold you to, you know, checking in, making sure that you're, you know, doing your budgeting or sending your invoice. Like we're holding each other accountable because we know that when things get daunting or when things get hard, that we tend to, we tend to slack. We tend to yeah. avoid, you know, the pain right, or avoid right. the agony. And there's a lot of that when it comes to, your own business or just, you know, even if it's a, you know, you're working for a, a, in a nine to, not, nine to five or traditional position, but what uh, we call ourselves is the dream newers. And this is our group of entrepreneur friends who really held ourselves to a certain standard of accountability that I now see, you know, when we made our goals, you know, I don't know, five years ago, now seeing those things coming to fruition, like things that were on that to-do list having been checked off and us coming together and, you know, creating now. But I think that's an amazing, like you need to have a mastermind group, a brainstorming mastermind group that even helps you when it comes to strategy and thinking outside the box. Agreed, agreed. I mean, and you've grown tremendously as well. Like, And I attribute that to my social circle, to you yeah. guys. <laughs> well, I mean, I can't, we can't take all the credit. No, but, but, but there's that, a lot of self-work involved as well. I, I mean, I've just seen your transformation and you coming up with your idea and really tapping into your God-given gift and your talent. And it's pretty magical to see you work. Like, Aw, it is. She's it is pumping very, me up right now. See, this is why you got to keep like magical. some good friends in your back pocket. <laughs> if anybody's if anybody's putting you down or telling you like negative, sometimes you have to separate yourself from that negative energy. You need to clear out your social circle, especially if they don't believe in your dream. But I think you and I have both been fortunate as well to be in relationship currently with partners that yeah. also believe in us because yeah. I've been with people before who did not believe in my passion in my dream and it held me back as well oh my goodness your partnerships are so critical to your success and believe it or not even if you don't think you have a partnership you got a partnership with somebody so you might as well be selective <laughs> on who you even choose. if it's a situation ship that right. mess can hold you back that is a partnership so you have to be extremely um just basically form those partnerships with intent. I was really blessed to uh, encounter and, and just have really great friendships um, and partnerships. Um, even with like my husband, he's extremely supportive um, with, you know, with just me being who I am and, and uh, like I said, taking all the different versions of Asia. But you <laughs> so also have to like have someone who is also holding down the fort too. Like yeah. when you're running around and you're styling people and you're picking up stuff, like sometimes he will, you know, carry the clothes for you and help you, you know, oh, yeah. when it comes to the fittings and all that. But then other times he's like feeding the kids. And I know because he makes a great chicken. And sometimes I get to enjoy <laughs> the shared partnership. <laughs> But he, yes, he is extremely supportive and that makes a difference in your ability to flourish. Yeah. And I've even heard you say at times like him and I need to make up because I can't operate at my best when I'm stressed. So let me go over there and, you know, make up with him or let, you know, let me talk to him really quick so that we can heal so that I can continue to thrive. Yeah, yeah. Because our partnerships have an emotional control over us. Definitely have an emotional control. And um, I think also too, it's a little bit, it's heightened for me because yeah. I'm an emotional person. I'm very in tuned, just, I would just say, just overall. She's a Taurus, y'all. I'm a Taurus. And I was actually told by my holistic doctor last week that I'm an empath. So I was like, okay, all right. You're a deep feeler. Like you can feel other filler. people's emotions. Yeah, I can feel the emotions. So it is very key for me to be in tuned with my partnerships and the people around me. Um, and I love hard. But I think that also is what makes you so good at your profession job, yeah. because you can tell when you are making someone uncomfortable, like when you're like, okay, what about this? And they're like, mm -mm. And, and meanwhile, I'm like, no, put it on her. And you're like, no, that's like outside. Like that's outside not something, yeah, that she or he, you know, will be confident. And I'm like, okay, okay. That's why I have her there too. Cause she balances out my crazy. My um, <laughs> to put everybody in a freakum dress. And I'm just like, we got to do that in stages. <laughs> So I want you to I want you to speak now to uh, your also your passion for fashion. I 
use your resources, not just for my clients, but also for myself. That was not my spiritual gift. When it comes to fashion, I am frustrated. I don't know what to wear. I actually hate going to the mall and thinking about what I have to put on. But I do know that I'm expected to present a certain way and how it reads, not just for my audience when I'm making an appearance, but when I'm also speaking on panels or um, you know, even meeting with clients, I come and I'm like, okay, I'm not good at this, but I know someone who is. And I come to you and you okay. style me and you make me look amazing and People think that I have a good sense of style, but I really don't. Um, <laughs> it is all her. But what is your advice for people who don't have the passion for fashion, but we know we want to look good? What are some things that we can do to make ourselves shine bright like a diamond if maybe we can't, you know, hire you tomorrow? Um, I say what you consider important, you need to put time to. Mm -hmm. So if it's important for you to look good, then you got to spend time on like exercising that fashion muscle. So like I said, there's an abundance of information. We're living, you know, social media. Um, there's just so much information out there. So spend time like following fashion, follow some fashion influencers, follow some fashion brands, um, figure out like spend time thinking who, whose style that you like, mm -hmm. right? So just so you can start to identify and pinpoint that. Um, and then from there, um, be aware of the fashion trends. Be aware of what's considered a basic. I think the main what's thing What's a basic? Is just, like you say, a, a good pair of fitting jeans. Oh, got a, you. A like nice staple blazer. items, I think you call them. I call them like capsule items, right? We always want to make sure that your capsule items in your, your closet are nice and crisp and that you are refreshing them on a regular basis. Um, but I think if more than anything, it is so important to figure out your individual style um, and what makes you you. And then um, uh, tying that back to what are the current styles of the moment. Ooh, right? so it sounds like it starts with self, knowing who it you are. It starts with self, it Ooh, definitely starts with self. -I -C -Y. So, good example, I always tell people, you can tell somebody's age, right? Because they wear what was in style when they were younger. It's when they were cool. Like, <laughs> when they were still cool. So you, like, you know, and you see the woman who has like the 80s hairstyle. Yes. She's been wearing for the last 30 years, mm -hmm. when her mind, that was the last hairstyle that was considered cool. She got comfortable and she just stuck with it. Or you see the guy and you're like, I already can tell that he's in his 40s. Yeah, because of his jeans. Wide-legged jeans and Air Force Ones. And he's still thinking that Nelly's the number one rapper in the country. <laughs> oh my God, no, she didn't. <laughs> so with that being said, like it is, it's you have to circle back, put attention to it, right? Um, and then also to just make sure that you're staying current and keeping things fresh. And I think a lot of that's going to happen with you know, just indulging yourself into who the fashion influencers are, um, following their pages, identifying what relates to you. I mean, like what you identify with um, those celebrities and then seeing because they're paying for the high profile stylist right. to keep them looking nice and, and, and sat, you know, bomb. So um, why not look at that and just kind of mirror, um, you know, look at their social media and then be able to kind of pull from that. So if I'm someone who dresses I don't know, maybe casual on a normal basis. And I don't know my individual style. You're saying, look at, just f figure out even what I like yes. and then what identifies with me and then go off of that. Cause I think that's the part that we get stuck is the, well, I don't even know what I like. I mean, I know that she looks good and I know that she looks good, but that, but just because that outfit looks good on her doesn't necessarily mean that that outfit should be on me. Agreed. So not everything that we even like represents us. It needs to be more of like matching our personality. Right. And I also think that you do a good job too of when it comes to what we do for a profession mm -hmm. um, and what type of event or like what we're going to making us, you know, dress the part for that. And so if you're someone who is a lawyer or a doctor or um, even, you know, a coach or just, you know, a, you know, brand executive, whatever, you know, it is you may be doing, even a school teacher, like, do you, do one, do I believe that you're in that profession? Because if you're not dressed a certain way or you tell me even, well, I want this type of person. Well, is that type of person going to be attracted to how you're presenting yourself? Are they even going to, are they going to be looking at you based on your representation of self. Cause sometimes we don't represent ourselves, not just from like a superficial standpoint, like, Oh, you know, looking hot, but even from a, we're not wearing stuff that's appropriately fitting for us or wearing stuff that is quality oh my to gosh, save a buck. That is, one of my, <laughs> that is one of my pet peeves. 
you know, it's just making sure that you're wearing quality items. I totally understand when people are like, hey, I can't afford to spend thousands of dollars. There's just, there's different levels of fashion and you have to make sure that you're investing in the right pieces, especially for the thick girls, right? Yeah. And I actually appreciated when you, I think you did this exercise for them where it was like, I was trying to even get like a client to be a little bit more flirtatious in her look and sexier. And I wanted to, you know, Take, go, take her zero to 100 real quick, you know, and- The freakum dress right the, out the gate. <laughs> that's, that's Mighty's number and, one thing. Put her in the freakum dress. I'm right like, let's just gate. show your curves immediately. <laughs> and you were like, wait, let's make it, you know, something that's comfortable for her right. in this place of like sex appeal. Stages. Yeah. stages. You have to learn it. You have to, and also too, the confidence has to be there. Because if they don't believe it, we're for sure in the hell is not going to believe it. And that, I thought that that was a great tip though, the stages, because the, the transformation isn't going to be overnight. There is steps to it. Just like when it comes to the internal work, I can't expect for your self-esteem or your self-worth to be transformed overnight. There are stages to that. And as far as your image concerned as well, there's stages to that too. It is. And it's all about, you know, what you decide that you're going to invest in or how important is that to you? And I feel like it should be a top priority because <laughs> I like all the benefits that come with looking my best. Oh my goodness. I actually had a client tell me last week, um, she was just like, I've never had this treatment before. Like, I love the way that I'm being treated. Now that I have, I've been working with her, we've established her look, we did a complete, we're still in the midst of her calibration, but she was just saying like, I, this feels different. Like I actually had dudes buying me drinks. Like I've never had that treatment before. That's crazy. Dang, like, all she had to do was just change her look. <laughs> right, just off of look. So I mean, and also too, I think it also enhanced her confidence. Yeah. So she felt better about herself. She projected that to the world. And then in return, she's being treated because I hate to say this, but pretty people and people who are well-dressed do get treated better. Oh no, statistically, that yeah. is correct. Um, what Asia is telling you is actual, like I've read studies after studies, which is why I'm a huge proponent of, okay, let, I'm, I, wanna, I wanna get you to a place that you can warrant and welcome that attention. Because yeah. if I'm already doing like all the, working on like all the internal with them, giving them, you know, my clients like the skills and coaching them, teaching them how to flirt, all of this, it does no good if I can't present you right. and you can't, the inside needs to match the outside. Yeah. The outside needs to match the yeah. inside. Yeah, if, if we get you to a place where you're feeling bomb, I need you looking <laughs> bomb too. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> People, you know what, too, that usually makes some people uncomfortable. And I'm like, hey, it's okay. Like, it's okay to be a little shallow. And I know that, you know, my, uh, I would say life coaches or therapists would be like, gosh, don't promote shallowness. And it's not in the sense of like, obviously obsessing over your looks yeah. or, you know, in that way. It's a sense of caring about your image and what you project to the world. Yeah. Right? You look at someone within, what is it, 10, 20 seconds you're able to say, you make a judgment yeah, it's on within that 20 person seconds. subconsciously. You'll say, okay, that person is either affluent or this person, um, you know, is attractive or this person isn't attractive or yeah. so forth. So why not project your best to the world? There's been studies done on um, people's appearances where certain, uh, certain, and in case studies, they did a survey asking one person dressed you know, down with a certain stature to come in and these, you know, students have to assess what that person did for a living. You know, they gave him like maybe, you know, low income, you know, job, like, oh, maybe he's like a teacher, he's a professor. Um, and then someone else who was dressed and presented, you know, confidently, they were looking amazing and they marked him at a higher income oh, yeah. bracket than the other person. When really the other person was at a higher income bracket, but he wasn't it, you know, because it was a test, right. but they he was they weren't presenting themselves to be confident, to be, to, you know, to to you know look the part of what it was that they actually were holding, and not to say that your wardrobe needs to you know match your pocketbooks, but we really do judge a book by its cover. We do, we do. It's kind of <laughs> like when you see a man in a nice suit, right? What do women automatically think? Oh gosh, business. He's a professional. professional. Um, they take it. They see a, security. They see mm -hmm. security. They see sexiness. What do we see, see when we see a woman in a suit? We think she's a boss chick. Right. So it is, I mean, the way the image that you project to the world, it is extremely, extremely important. Absolutely. I, I'm, you guys, I am a proponent of 
if you, even if you just reach out for some consultations from, from Asia, just to get like a quote, okay? <laughs> it makes a world of difference. I kid you not. Like now, it, like it is not an option. My clients have to get restyled because um, she also gives a beauty consultation. She finds out too, what colors work for you? Are you wearing, you know, the most appropriate hairstyle? You know, is it, you know, is your, you know, lipstick, you know, complimenting, like, you know, it's, it's, even hygiene, I've seen you, you know, get my clients colognes, watches. Oh, yeah, because a woman like, loves. Yeah. It's good. Like, she does everything. It's amazing. Um, and we have some other projects that are in the mix, too. So I'm putting that out there in the universe. You will be seeing some successes coming from us soon. But uh, it's time for Dear Spicy. Okay. So uh, I had a listener write in, um, and she's going through a little something, something. So you're going to join in on feedback for this. All right. Dear Spicy, my boyfriend is a nighttime sex person pretty much exclusively. I'm fine having sex at night, but also I like doing it in the morning. How can I get him to come around to having some fun in the sheets when the sun comes up? Okay, so I'm like- That's signed Lauren. Her, I'm like Lauren's dude. I like sex at night. Really? I don't know why I like sex at night. And I'm married to a brute who wants sex all the time. So <laughs> 24-7. I'm like, I'd rather, for some reason, I don't really like morning sex either. I love night sex. Why? Because you're not as fresh in the morning? Like, at night, you brush your teeth. Yeah, you... I, I just want to, like, feel confident. That, I guess, goes back to image. I'm right. like, hey, do I look crazy? Does my breath stink? Like, um, so I, I get that. But I know that you need to be open for both. Um, and I need to get out of my head with that. So what is your advice on that? So my advice for this is that you're just going to start to have to ravish him. Ooh. So one thing that I wasn't, I was like, I used to be the opposite. I used to be like, no, nighttime, it's romantic. Lights are out. Like, yeah. you know, it just, it, to me, it would have a sexier feel, but that was mental. And so my husband, based on our schedule, was ravishing me in the mornings. And I'd be like, fudge, I don't feel like doing it right now. But you're a late sleeper. Yeah, I don't go to bed till like 4 a.m. So you'd be waking me up like 8, 9 a.m. Like I was like, I need damn. <laughs> but I think that him just ravishing me, like, helped me to come to a place of like, dang, actually, like, he don't care about my morning bread. Like, he don't care about the <laughs> crest in my eyes. And it's still good sex. Like, I'm still gonna have an enjoyable experience and i i got out of my head the day off right it did i started seeing like okay the birds are chirping a little (laughs) bit louder like there is really a little pep in your step okay and so one thing that we both appreciate is that when we want it we take it from each other like so every now and then i just gotta like just hop on him or tap him on the shoulder or um he'll do you know the same like when we need our needs met, we need our needs met. And it's not always the most comfortable or or convenient or time for us. That's true. Yeah, you got to Sometimes you just got to hit it and split it. <laughs> so I think that one thing that would help him is, you know, you ravishing him. Because a lot of men actually appreciate when a woman takes it from them. They hate feeling like they're always the initiators. Mm. Um, so it also lets them know that they're desired too. Because that's one thing that we appreciate as women, knowing that we're beautiful in his eyes or knowing that you know, he's attracted to us or that he, you know, wants our hot bodies. Well, they want the same. It's not a one-way street. So if he starts to see that you're ravishing him and that you're taking him at different, you know, hours of the day, even maybe, you know, showing up at work for lunch break, even, you know, a calling him home for a little, quickie. yeah, a little quick. A little <laughs> you just do a little, you know, hoe bath, um, <laughs> you know, clean up down there and then get back to work. But like that will be a turn on for him because he's going to, he's going to feel good about himself. Now he feels desire. Now he'll, you know, self-esteem increases. So I would say consistently start ravishing him throughout the day so that he gets a little bit more flexible too. Cause it's right. not just us that need to get flexible. Like men need to get flexible with it as and well. They need that, like you said, that affirmation too of like their desires. Yes. And that makes, I'm telling you, they're so much more happier when they feel like their partner wants them. Okay. So we have to wrap up the show and I always end with the naked truth. So this is where you have to, uh, reveal some things about yourself that uh, I get to ask you. Okay. So if you could have any superpower in the world, what would it be, Asia? Ooh, I would want to be a mind reader. My, why? Yes. No, you want to know what I we're all thinking? Know your thoughts. Dang. So that was... <laughs> I know people... What's the benefit say, of that? Tell me. Um, you know, I don't know. I think that's just... Most people would say to fly or something like that. I would just want to know people's thoughts. Maybe because... It would help me to better help them. I don't know. Really, my rhyme or reason behind that. But it's I not behind, like, does it have anything to do with you wanting to know their truth or, like, anything to do with wanting, like, transparency and knowing that we don't always get it? 
transparency and then I think that's also to like the spiritual side in me being mm. a deep thinker being very observant I feel like you already have the spiritual gift though oh. I feel like you already are a mind reader <laughs> mm, thank you so yeah you so you just want like a heightened sense of it I get it I get it okay the next one is if you could travel back in time and relive the best thing that ever happened to you what period in your life would you go to that one moment um I would probably say childhood um I know that you know me as being a Cali girl but there were moments where I lived in H-Town like in Houston uh -huh. Texas and I'd had some really good moments, like just being in the country, being a kid, <laughs> playing all day and um, running around and stuff. So I would say to really relive um, just kind of like that pure joy of like kid, you know, kid like not having um, any cares in the world and just, you know, living free. You are, you're trying wild. to go back to like your daughter's age where there's yeah, no responsibility. Like, like, you know, like even like as young as like eight or nine. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. So you're, yeah. So you just, you want to, you're going back to the like, the where we didn't have responsibilities, bills, like and you just worries. Rode your bike the whole day and came home with the. Where you just played, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you were like swimming in the pool for five hours, and your skin was getting wrinkly. That oh my god, I remember that. Yeah. Wait, let me tell you the nastiest thing. I remember when I was that age, and my mom would grab. Um, she would take a whole bag of cherries uh -huh. from the grocery store and throw them in the pool for us to dive in and eat. In my youth, I thought that was the most fun thing in the world: grabbing all the cherries in the pool and eating them. Now, now I know how chemicals. nasty yes. the pee that's in that pool, the chlorine. The mom, chemicals. anyways, that's a whole nother conversation yeah. with mom. <laughs> like, you don't want to ingest those chemicals. Oh my God. But I just remember, <laughs> but I was so carefree though. I didn't care. Right, I was like care, right. eating those dang cherries in the pool. That is what's so cool. about, And I guess I see that with my kids, just that carefree. It's like this like, innocence. I can accomplish anything in the world. It sounds like you want to go back to when, like, to live this uninhibited life. Because, yeah, mm -hmm. kids, kids are more fearless than we are. Right. It's our life as, you know, things happen as we evolve that we become a little bit more fearful because things mm -hmm. start happening to us that show us, like, we may experience loss. We may experience rejection. We, we may experience hate, anger. Like, there's heartbreak. You know, there's all these things that start to happen to us that weigh up, you know, weigh, weigh us down. And I don't, you know, I... I think that I failed to mention when you were telling your story about your trans, you know, your transformation um, and rediscovering your passion that like when you did buckle down, you were in stable positions of nine to five, but like not happy there. No. And you were doing what you had to for your family. You were sacrificing for them. But at the same time, you didn't stay there. You didn't stay comfortable. You didn't stay, you know, in this mindset of, um, but what I feel almost is like, I don't want to call it like slavery or, you know, but it's, it, it's this, you know, being stuck. And one thing that we both read is outwitting the devil that like, you know, when we get into the same routine and pattern of something, it gets harder to get out. Yeah. I mean, I always say when people experience contrast, it's usually, it's very uncomfortable, mm -hmm. but there's a blessing in contrast because contrast will always direct you back to your, what you're supposed to be doing. Mm. So let's say for example, you have a, a vision, a dream to be an entrepreneur. Um, you get into a job. Everything's going well at the job. And then all of a sudden there's a hiccup. Thank God for that hiccup. Because what it will do is that it will refocus you back to your bigger picture. So whenever I would experience that, it would, it would catch my attention and say, you know what? I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm. What they consider some, What they consider as a setback or what they consider as a personality flaw is that same thing that you may need to be successful as an entrepreneur mm. or be successful in your passion. So um, I, I definitely saw that occur a few times in my life, right? Where I would yeah. get into something, I would learn it really quick because I'm always like super aggressive and work really hard and will master it and get good at it. But then all of a sudden something would happen. And I'd be like, what? What's going on? Like, I'm great at this. What do you mean? Right. But it was like a blessing because it would always direct me back to what it was I, a sign that you just had to pay sign. attention yeah. to. Um, it would always direct me back to what I'm really supposed to be doing. So embrace contrast. I know it's uncomfortable, but the great thing about life is that there's everything comes in seasons. Yeah. You, you, there's seasons where you're going to be excelling, you know, and things are going to be taken off and there'll be seasons Real where <laughs> you'll be sitting in the thick of it. Like, man, what the hell is going on? But at the end of that season, it's always something great. I think you just triggered something too that I make my clients do that will help redirect your steps is a passion roadmap. Ooh. You write down what you would like to achieve in 
lifetime, what you would like to achieve in three years, one year, and then three months, right? Mm -hmm. And what it takes to achieve those, you write next to that. Like the things that, you know, you make like a little bubble, like a mind map bubble mm -hmm. and write in those little mind map things like, okay, I would, you know, I need to do, you know, send five emails a day in order to, you know, get a new client. But what you do is start with what you can achieve first. So circle the one that is the game changer, the one that will like get you on your way to at least closer to you refocusing your passion and your energy towards the long-term lifetime goal. Mm. So it it definitely helps when it comes to like, you know, cause some people need like lists right. or, you know, worksheets I mean, to you do. write it down. You gotta write, write it down. Write it down. It. I can't tell you guys enough. I say every and episode, I feel like I say, it write it down. down. You gotta tell somebody too. Yes, I feel like that too. extra step always helps. Like, yes, step into your greatness, share it with the world. Um, wait, okay. So I digressed you guys. I started, I went from the naked truth to more testimony and preaching, but <laughs> <laughs> I have one more question okay. for Asia. If you could be anyone for the day, who would you be? This is the body swapper question. Who would you swap bodies with oh just goodness. for the day? It, it would have to be Beyonce. Beyonce just, over JLo. You know what? I love, don't get me. I love, 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 love some JLo. Um, I would drink her bath water. <laughs> <laughs> but um, there is something, there's something really excellent about Beyonce. Oh my so gosh, I yeah. I need that moment of like, hair blowing in the wind. You just need, um, you need that popping. glam excellence exactly, for the day. Right. Just pretending I could sing for a moment. Ooh, that would be <laughs> awesome. I do wish I could sing. Right? I'm like, so if I just had that moment of uh, being Beyonce, even if I could just have 10 seconds, I'd take it. Okay. So Asia, I appreciate you helping us when it comes to rediscovering our passion. Um, tell everybody where they can find you. Where can they get your services? What's your website, your social handles, all of the above. All right. So um, social is style room underscore LA. Um, also, too, I I want people to email me directly. So email me at Asia, A-J-A at style room dot LA. I love that. Anything yeah. else? I'm accepting new clients. Ooh. I actually have some time. So uh, reach out to me and I would love to uh, recalibrate your style and um, help you transform. And your slogan is where passion meets fashion. Yes. Yes. Her tagline. I love it. Fashion. I'm so passionate about <laughs> so it. So she was perfect for today's episode, you guys. <laughs> okay. And you guys can always play with my Twitter or stroke my Instagram at Ooh. spicy Madi. You can go to the spicy Also make sure that you click and subscribe and share this episode, pass it along to a friend who needs to rediscover their passion and, you know, dust their shoulders off and get back to work. So there you guys have it. You have just been spiced. The spice.